An exciting new paper has recently been accepted at the Journal of Consumer Research. It is called Wordify, a tool for discovering and differentiating consumer vocabularies. And the paper's uh, authors, Dirk Hovey from Oconee, Shira Malamad from Wharton, and Jeff Inman from Pittsburgh are with us today. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you with us. And also with us is Bern Schmidt, who is the editor-in-chief from the Journal of Consumer Research. Wordify is a tool that consumer researchers can use for understanding how consumer word use varies across contexts. Now, what motivated you guys to write this paper? Uh, so in a lot of my work, I've been using different dictionary-based NLP tools, so like Luke, uh, to quantify differences in textual content. Uh, but I was aware that there was a limitation with these types of tools, which is that they really only account for words in your data that fall into their predefined lexicon. So for example, uh, Luke is great in terms of telling me, you know, what percent of words in my data fall within each of its dictionaries for 90 linguistic categories, right? So it can tell me the percent of positive emotionality words in a textual database. Uh, but the problem is that it doesn't account for language that might fall outside of those lexicons. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Dirk, um, had been working on methods that approach NLP questions from sort of the opposite angle, which is like, for example, if I want to study how language differs depending on whether I write a review on a phone versus PC, what are the specific words that would best discriminate between the two devices? Uh, and so we decided to sort of join forces along with Jeff um, in terms of one of the specific NLP tools that Dirk had developed to do this, which we called Wordify. Uh, and the goal was sort of making it easily accessible to consumer researchers. Uh, thanks very much, Sherry. I have a question for Jeff. Uh, if you we look at this more broadly, why is Wordify or, or tools like that sort of needed in, in, in consumer research? That's a great question. So, um, you know, I think a, a good uh, answer would be to give an example. So we had a, a panel discussion here on campus, you know, way back in the dark ages before uh, COVID, uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, one of our uh, one of the panelists was a brand manager from uh, Heinz, and he was talking about they really try to monitor how uh, different segments of their consumer base is talking about their products because it gives them an indication of kind of what the what the vernacular is and and how best to a target different segments and B kind of understand any and, and catch any uh, yeah, issues that are coming up. So uh, um, it's, there's a real need out there, I think, for uh, a tool like Wordify that allows um, the analyst and the researcher to look at a priori defined segments and then see how their, their language uh, differs. So just to follow up on that, what types of consumer research questions uh, could be answered using Wordify then? I can give a couple of examples. Um, so I think one interesting use case could be we could use Wordify on, let's say, transcripts of doctor visits. OK, mm -hmm. um, we can see that maybe for one group of patients, the particular types of words that doctors are using are things like abdomen or dermatitis. Mm -hmm. uh, but then for another group of patients, we see more words like tummy or rash. And so we can actually 
infer meaningful things from this, right? So for the first group, it seems like doctors are using more technical or, or medical terms, whereas for the second group, it seems to be more colloquial. Uh, another potential interesting use case is, case is related to, to Jeff's uh, example. So maybe want, we want to see whether, let's say, younger versus older consumers actually reference different aspects of a service experience when they write a review about it, right? Uh, so what Wordify can help us do is identify which specific words, again, are most differentiating reviews of, let's say, a restaurant experience by younger people versus older folks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I also see a lot of applications in in um, uh, experiments, for example. So I'm more of an experimentalist, Mark is more on the ethnography side. Uh, so uh, can we maybe talk a little bit about like what sort of experiments uh, could use this methodology? Well, sure. I mean, one would be is if, uh, if uh, the researcher had a, a predictions about how different groups will uh, be affected by a certain, say, a, a manipulation, um, and how then you could have them write, and then the dependent variable could be write a review after being you know being exposed to the two different manipulation, one or the other manipulation, uh, and uh, and then you could test your hypothesis to see if the language indeed did differ in the way you predicted it would. So it's not just an exploratory tool; it can also be a, a, a hypothesis test. Hypothesis testing, yeah, right. And building on Jeff's point, in terms of it being a more exploratory tool, right? Sometimes we do want to take more of a bottom-up approach, right? So maybe with the case of the you know medical transcripts, maybe I don't really have a sense or a hypothesis going into it in terms of how language might differ, right? So if I see the doctors use more technical terms with certain segments of patients, this can help me sort of establish hypotheses going forward to test. Uh, I also think Wordify could be potentially useful in terms of like scale development purposes. Um, so for example, maybe I wanna develop a scale of the extent to which consumers are bothered by like ambient noise in a restaurant setting. <laughs> Um, and I don't really know what specific terms to use to capture that in the scale. Um, maybe I'll gather a bunch of reviews that are more positive versus negative for restaurants. Uh, and I, I can use Wordify to identify the sound related words that are used in each type of review. And then that can help inform the terms I should use in the scale. Um, it's another possible use case. I want to say what Marcus and I found really exciting about this paper is the broad range of applications also methodologically. And I don't know, Marcus, you probably also saw some connection points to ethnography or maybe, you know, the team also sees that. So it's not just experiments, right? How do you see that, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I've been an avid user of Luke. And obviously I was very interested in seeing where to find how it might apply to maybe an ethnographic research setting or a CCT paper. Could you elaborate a little on that? Uh, so I'm on the scientific advisory board for a, for a, for a company. And one thing they do is they do a lot of qualitative research in the, in the pharmaceutical industry. And so they've got all this, these one-off qualitative projects that they've done for, you know, I won't name brand names, but there's a lot of names we all know these days. Um, and, um, <clears throat> and, and one thing they've been doing is I try to figure out a way, you know, I suggested, you know, maybe we use, they could use Wordify to go through their, their corpus of qualitative um, uh, data. And they've been having it manually coded. Uh, I say, well, instead of doing that, you know, you can use Wordify to see, you know, let it, you know, let it uh, extract the, the, the core, uh, the kind of the big, least high level uh, language that people have been using across your projects within, within an industry. 
And they're uh, really excited about that and they're exploring using it for that purpose. I think it can also help uh, in early stages when you're developing a corpus or you're collecting data. Um, so I was involved in a project where they said, oh, we want to you know, compare different types of text. And we have a couple of examples of those. Um, we can run then Wordify and basically get a list of keywords that we can now search for and like extend our search outwards, get more uh, documents that also reference to the, the keywords that Wordify has returned to us, you know, in addition to the few that we started out with and thereby build up not just a corpus of a collection of texts, but also actually a, a dictionary, like an understanding of what's going on and what best describes the specific you know area that we're looking at and i think that makes it very general right so we can we can collect data we can gather insights um, and we can sort of test hypotheses so it, it basically gives us a lot of leverage on on various fronts on on different steps of the experimental pipeline i would say Dirk, I was told that you can answer all the methodology questions for us. All right. So let's get started. <laughs> so RLR, okay, is randomized logistic regression. It's really essential for Wordify. So, so tell us about it for those of us who don't know what it is and how it works. Yeah, so this is uh, actually a fairly established uh, statistical technique. It's also called stability selection. Um, essentially, what we're doing is we're fitting a bunch of predictive models. We're giving them some text with labels and we say, okay, please learn to predict the label from the words in that text. Um, we're not just doing this once, we're doing this hundreds of times uh, by using different subsets of the data that we randomly sample. And um, we are asking each of these models to uh, predict the label with as few words as possible. So if you can, do all the predictions by just using 10 words, great, just do that, right? If you need 200, okay, fine. Um, and across all of these hundreds of models that we're fitting, we're keeping track of the words that are used again and again and again by all of these models to make the prediction for a particular label, right? And we, we keep track of these words and we basically say, well, if all of these different models with slightly different settings on slightly different sets of the data keep using this word, then this word must be actually a, a stable term, right? It is a good feature, a good predictive feature that has a lot of discriminative value to distinguish between these labels. I mean, these sorts of language techniques, and I'm also more generally thinking of like topic modeling, right? I mean, very, very, are very, very hot right now. At the same time, um, they're not taught that much in PhD seminars yet. I, at least I don't teach it in my PhD seminar yet. So, so should I? And uh, and what kind of uh, approach should I use? What kind of tools would I have in order to teach a great session on on Wordify or related uh, uh, techniques? So, I mean, I'm, I'm naturally biased. Uh, I absolutely think you should teach these things. Uh, as you say, there's a lot of value in there. I, I think there's a lot of things we can do uh, with these tools that, you know, a lot of different disciplines, marketing, but also psychology, political science, sociology, build on language as a signal to measure the constructs we're interested in. And so a lot of this uh, natural language processing, text analysis, computational linguistics, gives us some tools. One of the sort of like barriers to entry is a little bit the, the coding part. So um, 
up until now, you needed a lot of sort of prior computer science knowledge to get started, some coding knowledge. Luckily, more and more libraries become available. Um, and one of our goals in this project was also to make Wordify available to, to people who don't have a coding background. So you do not need to, you know, get your hands dirty with code. You can actually use Wordify if, if you can use an Excel file. Um, that's it. In terms of like methods, um, shameless plug, um, I just uh, put out a um, book which actually targets exactly that audience. So it's called Text Analysis in Python for Social Scientists. Um, the first part is already out. It's called Discovery and Exploration. Uh, it does cover topic models, um, all the gory details, um, and it covers also things like Wordify, uh, clustering methods. So a lot of things that you probably already are you know, familiar with in other contexts, um, but applied specifically to text. And here the idea is to give you the intuition of why this works and how it works, the math, if you're interested in it, but then also uh, code snippets in Python, which you can also download from a GitHub page. Um, there's a second part coming out, hopefully later this year, uh, we're in the revision stage uh, that covers uh, classification and prediction. So if you want to do sentiment analysis uh, or, or other classification tasks, that will give you a, a start on that, including neural network techniques, which right now are all the rage. I just want to shift a little away from the intricacies of the method to the intricacies of you as an author team. How did you guys come together as a team? And uh, tell us a little more about that. I, I'll tell that story because it's really interesting. So the, the genesis of a project team, I think, is really cool to, to actually understand because um, it doesn't just happen. So I was visiting over at Bacconi for a week. We have a visiting scholar uh, program there. And so I just presented uh, a paper <clears throat> that uh, Shiri and I and Michelle Pham had that came out in brrr, another journal. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, because, and, uh, and so Dirk was there, of course, because he's on the faculty. And then we met later and he said, you know, I'm really, you know, I think what, there's this opportunity they're doing. And then basically he sketched out what Wordify would be. And I said, you know, that sounds really interesting. I said, you know, and I think uh, that does have a lot of potential. And uh, let's see if, you know, Sherry and I were wrapping that one up with Michelle. So let's see if Sherry's interested in working on that. Cause I think uh, she'd really bring a lot of strengths to, to the, to the team. And she did, I uh, was right. And so uh, here we are. So it's been, uh, it's been really a, a productive uh, uh, relationship. So I'm hoping we can uh, work on some other things as well. Okay, so you went into the dialogue with the JCR review team over multiple rounds, and obviously, you hopefully also learned a little bit from that interaction. Uh, tell us a little more about how you felt about the the guidance that you guys received from the review team, and uh, some of the challenges maybe also that you were facing during that process. Yeah, so I mean, there was a bit of time where we actually weren't quite sure where we should be submitting the paper. We were initially thinking maybe more methodological journals, um, but ultimately we determined that sort of um, the major contribution of the work is that it's taking these more advanced NLP analyses and making them accessible to a wider range of researchers. So that's why we pursued JCR. Um, and we were super grateful to our editor, Rich Lutz, uh, for giving the paper a shot, particularly because this is sort of a more technical or methodological paper than we would normally see in JCR. 
Um, the reviewers were also super helpful. Um, so they really pushed us sort of on the one hand to make sure that the paper was rigorous enough uh, to meet the standards of text analysis experts in the field, um, but also to ensure that it presented sort of a clear case for less technical readers as to sort of why they should use Wordify and how to use the tool. We talk a lot these days about the siloing of our sub-disciplines, right? And even within consumer research, there are a lot of different subfields, and the big tent uh, often appears uh, very fragmented. Do you think that those kinds of methods papers, such as yours, have a potential to sort of bring the field closer together to overcome some of the, the silo distinctions that we're currently suffering from? I was Well, the hope would be that, because um, we've talked about this before, I think that the you know, there is a problem with that. I think that the, the, the consumer scholars and the, and the, for example, the empirical modelers don't collaborate nearly as much as they could or should. And I think tools like this that make um, a fairly, you know, complex uh, underlying, you know, process accessible to, to, to consumer scholars and because and, they're more interested in using a tool as a means and as a, a way to test their uh, uh, their hypotheses and their frameworks they're wanting to study. Uh, whereas you know, it's not just a, you know, it's not just an end in itself, just digging through a data set like you see sometimes in, in the empirical world. So I think it does tend to bring, hopefully, will hopefully bring uh, bring those groups together a little close more closely. Uh, Derek, you um, sort of um, promoted your book. Are you also going to promote JCR among among your colleagues of uh, computational linguists? Or how would it be? As we just said, right, like methods can be this glue, can be this bridge uh, between people. And so I think it is um, that that makes it easy in for me. For, for me, it was, you know, a daunting prospect to go into like a completely new field and write a paper in like, you know, one of the top journals. and you know, I was like, luckily I have, you know, Shiri and Jeff here and I think they know what they're doing in this respect. So I'll just trust them. Um, but I, I knew I could contribute something and I wasn't, you know, like completely leaving them out in the, in the wild. And on the other hand, I think it would be really nice for, you know, computational linguists for, for people who develop models to actually see what we're doing, uh, be applied, uh, widely. So oftentimes, you know, we, we do the thing, we get like an epsilon improvement on some metric, and then we publish our paper and the paper basically answers the question, can we do this better? Yes. And that's it. Right. But to then actually see something, you know, go out into the world and being used as a tool and like hearing back from people saying, oh, I used this, this was really helpful. And, and, you know, we, we used it in this paper and to see that having an impact beyond just application is, is extremely rewarding. And I, and I, you know, would highly recommend to any, you know, modelers, not just in computational linguistics, but, but any sort of modeling related science to, you know, reach out across the, the pond and, you know, work with other people in different disciplines. And, you know, it's great to know that, that journals like JCR are willing to, you know, take that in and, and give it a platform. Uh, so it was a pleasure to talk to you today about this paper. Uh, I'm sure Mark has also enjoyed it. So um, thanks very much for being with us. Dirk Hovey, Shira Malmad, and Jeff Inman are the authors of Wordify, a tool for discovering and differentiating consumer vocabularies. Link below for uh, more consumer research. Please go to consumerresearcher.com. Thank you, guys. And uh, thanks for tuning in.